Let's do this. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? This is Commercial Appeal Tiger Basketball beat writer Drew Hill. I'm joined by Commercial Appeal sports columnist Mark Giannato. And Jason Munns, our AAF historian slash NFL conspiracy theorist slash known Patrick Mahomes hater. And uh, we're here to talk about Cincinnati, a couple AAC tournament scenarios, and uh, what'd you make of this weekend, Mark? Well, first of all, he for reference, Drew wanted to do the intro because he thought he had like a funny thing about Jason, and that was not funny at all. Like, there's no context. Like, I... Oh, he doesn't like here's Patrick your, here's Mahomes. Who cares? Here's I hate the context. Patrick Mahomes. That's the context. Yeah, but who cares? Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, you know. If you saw Jason's face, like I would have said, and we're also joined by Jason Munns, head of the Zach Mettenberger fan club. <laughs> like, that's what I would have said. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay. And future biographer of Zach Mettenberger. Yeah. 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 You know. Hundred percent. Hard knocks. The Zach I follow him on Instagram story. now, so. Okay. I, I've got the inside track. And welcome on to the AAF uh, Memphis <laughs> Express podcast. Yeah, no, but this is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. Obviously, Memphis coming off a exciting, I don't know, if, not disappointing, just uh, you know, exciting loss at Cincinnati that probably ended its hopes of, you know, the, the slim hopes it had of, of getting an at-large NCAA tournament berth, but also probably gave you a little more hope that they could actually pull off four straight wins in the AAC tournament and make the NCAA tournament. Drew, you were there. In That's Cin- not what you said to me after the game, Mark. Well, I'll, I'm going to respond. There's two trains of thought that I have. I'll go with I'll, you if you want me to say it first. There's two trains of thought I have. <laughs> <laughs> this, is good. this has become a battle already. Um, we're off to a fantastic no, start. <laughs> I, I actually, I honestly tend to side with you. Feel better about your chances based on the fact that you go into that Cincinnati game and all the flaws that this team has had all year, defensive rebounding, turnovers, and an inability to defend people in terms of keeping them off the foul line, they rank outside the top 50 in all three of those categories in Ken Palm. And all three of them showed up in this Cincinnati game. So it wasn't like they played a perfect game, and yet still... In the last seconds, <clears throat> they had the ball and a chance to win the game. Um, and obviously, Cincinnati makes a great play on the outlet pass Guys, from Isaiah. Only Ruiz. stat of the entire game played three minutes, got in the stat sheet for one play, and it was the steal. Well, and it's coaching. I mean, Mick Cronin said after the game, "That's this was that wasn't just some random this guy made you know made a decision. It was Mick Cronin told them in that timeout beforehand, like, hey." We cannot let Jeremiah Martin win this game, and you need to steal this bet and make sure you steal any pass that goes to him. Like that was set up. But my other, you know, so to me, you feel encouraged by the fact that literally, I mean, Cincinnati's lost three games at home over the last three years, and Memphis nearly knocked them off. And as last weekend showed with Houston losing to UCF at home, I mean, anyone is beatable at the top of this conference. 
Um, I, I have no doubt that on an any given day, especially at FedEx Forum, Memphis can beat anyone in this league, uh, especially with how Jeremiah Martin's playing. Um, but the thing I would say, those flaws that showed up, you know, that also to me is a sign of why it's going to be hard for this. To, well, while I would say like if it, if you're saying it in a vacuum, like if Memphis was playing Houston at FedEx Forum, could they beat Houston? Absolutely. But can they win four games in a row? Four, and, and three of them are essentially going to have to be against NCAA tournament caliber teams, let's call them. You know, you're going to get probably, if you're the five seed, and we'll talk about this later. Three and a half games because you're playing Tulane. Regard, I'm saying three games. You're, you're, the Tulane, let's throw the Tulane game out because you're, you're unless, barring some disaster, you're going to win that. And hopefully you can get your guys some rest. Like Hopefully you blow them out so you can get your guys some rest. But you're going to have to beat either Temple or UCF, then Houston or Cincinnati, and then the other one, probably. And this team has won four straight games once this year. And three of the wins were against Little Rock, Florida A&M, and Tennessee State. So they have not proven yet that they can string together four straight great performances, which is what it will still, which is what it will take to win the AAC tournament. So that's why I say that the fact that the same mistakes are showing, the same flaws are showing up. That's what concerns me about this AAC tournament run. But I still would side more with you literally had a chance to win at Cincinnati and you didn't even really play a perfect game, which suggests that, you know, it suggests to me that, you know, anything is possible when this AAC tournament comes here. Like, you know, I I think it's reasonable to bet on Memphis and that's saying something considering they're likely going to be the five seed in this tournament. Speaking of betting, this is just a, a, a strange note. This morning, I was trying to look and see online if they had odds to win the AAC tournament up, like futures odds on Bovada, and they didn't have any, but they did have national championship odds, and I believe I believe Memphis was 20,000, or was like plus 20,000 or something insane, but the funny thing is they listed them as Memphis State still on Bovada, mm. so... Catch up with the well, Times, they, Bovada. Well, Memphis I mean, they State have, didn't win in the. They have been wearing those jerseys an awful I know. lot. Brand it's confusion. confusion. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I I took away you know very similar things to you, Mark, from the Cincinnati game, and I mean, you unintentionally right there quoted Penny after the game, who said instead of saying anything is possible, he said nothing is impossible for Memphis in the AAC tournament. Um, and I would agree with that. You know, I think they're perfectly capable of, of winning um, the AAC tournament. But what's going to have to change if they're, if that's going to happen from the Cincinnati game to that, in my eyes, and Penny said he needs three guys to play mm-hmm. well to win games. Absolutely. Against Cincinnati, they had two guys play well, and one of those guys is arguably one of the guys where if he's playing well, you might be a little concerned that the game, you know, wasn't going the right direction. Um, and that, you know, those two guys on Saturday were Isaiah Maurice and Jeremiah Martin. Now, Jeremiah, you expect him to play well every single game at this point. And that, and when he's playing well, that's a good sign for this team. Isaiah Maurice, on the other hand, while you obviously you want him to play well, if he's playing that well, it's probably a sign that 
you know, like what happened. Rainier was in foul trouble and couldn't have the impact that he typically has. And Parks was and very Keevan, ineffective. And Parks Keevan and Keevan were not very effective. But to me, so. it's it's Keevan. I mean, they need like if they're gonna pull this off, Keevan's got to play like the guy who who he was at the end of December, beginning of January. If he doesn't, if he's just floating through this tournament, it's gonna be really like like Jeremiah can win some of these games, not necessarily by himself, but like with superhuman efforts. He's shown that over this stretch run. I don't think he's gonna be able to do it four games in a row. He's gonna need some some additional help. And to me, the most likely person in terms of shouldering the scoring load is Keevan. He's he's proven he is the second most talented person on this team you know maybe you can make an argument Antoine Jones but I would say right now this year he's the second most capable in terms of talent and and ability and I mean essentially he's floated through the last month or so let me ask you this I want to ask you this and in the last podcast we talked about Penny's comments about Keevan and one of your points was that it essentially worked um, that he made those plays down the stretch. Do you still say that today after the way he played uh, at Cincinnati? No, no, he doesn't seem to have. I mean, especially if you listen to his post-game comments after the Temple game, where he clearly was not thrilled with being called out publicly, and then obviously with how he responded against Cincinnati. But I don't know if, honestly, I don't know if it's, Penny's comment, like he was trending this way, anyways. Right. Like I don't know if I yeah, blame no, I, it on yeah, Penny's I think, comments. I think that's the. Right I think take. Penny, you know, I think, you know, it is what it is at this point. And like, if if Keevan, it, you know, hopefully, like, hopefully, this week off that they have between the Cincinnati game and the Tulsa regular season finale, you know, hopefully, it's a chance for Keevan to regroup and kind of realize, hey. I could be staring at the last two or three games of my college career and it's time to lay everything out on the line. And, you know, you'd hope he would have realized that a month ago, like when it seems Jeremiah realized it. Um, but better late than never, especially if this team wants to make this AAC tournament run. Um, and uh, so the scenario for this week if you're keeping track at home. So right now Memphis is in 5th place and more than likely it will finish in 5th place, but there is in, in the AAC which would mean they don't get a bye and they would pr- play Tulane on Thursday afternoon at FedEx Forum in the AAC tournament. But there is still a chance they could move up to 4. And the scenario is if they beat Tulsa this weekend on Saturday, if Memphis does, and then Temple loses its last two games at UConn and then uh, against UCF, Memphis would win the tiebreaker over Temple for fourth place based on the fact, in this scenario, Temple would be 0-2 against UCF and Memphis would be 1-1. The win that Temple has over Houston is a moot point because... Memphis only played Houston one time this year, whereas Temple played them twice. So that tiebreaker doesn't matter, um, according to the AAC tiebreaker rules. Even crazier is the race for first place now that Houston lost to UCF. Houston and Cincinnati are going to play the last game of the year, and if they finish tied based on this tiebreaker scenario, 
it will come to, Cincinnati will win the tiebreaker with Houston. Uh, excuse me. Houston will win the tiebreaker over Cincinnati based on the fact that Cincinnati lost ECU earlier this year. Hmm. Who would have thought ECU would factor into the AAC yeah. title race? Um, so we so there's a lot up in the air in terms of the path Memphis will take if it wants to re- go through the AAC tournament because I think personally I would rather face I still would rather face Cincinnati than Houston if I'm uh, Cincinnati in the semis so, over Houston if I'm Memphis because Memphis has shown it can go toe to toe with Cincinnati that I don't it matches know if that's up the question well with, though. I don't know. Like, is it? They're gonna have to be both of them more to, than likely, right? The, the but I'd is, rather, but I'd rather have Houston in the final when, like, all the adrenaline, like that semifinal game we saw last year when Memphis won its first two, and that semifinal game, that third game is always the toughest when you're trying to do this four games in four day stretch. Because once you get to the cha- championship game, then you've got like you know the prospect of getting to the tournament is there. The adrenaline is kicked in, like. That, I mean, if they made it to Sunday and we're in the AC title game, I mean, like that crowd at FedEx Forum will be insane. Yeah, all yeah. better. Pro- honestly, it'll probably be really good on Saturday if they get that far. Yeah, to the semis. But I'm just saying, like, they, like in that that semifinal game last year, they ran out of gas right in the second half. No, but I think the question is not Houston or Cincinnati, since you're going to have to beat both of them most likely. It's who would you Temple or play UCF between Temple or UCF? And I could make the I think you could make the argument that whoever they end up having to play is the team that you'd rather play anyway because it probably means that they lost these last few games going into the conference tournament because um, it's going to be a close race between those two. So yeah, yeah, I think I'd rather play UCF. Ooh, I might go. I might go the opposite way. Right See, I don't like well. It's tough. Like they both have, they both have good shot. Like they both have good shot makers in, um, what's the name? Bj. Bj what, Taylor. Bj Taylor, and then Shiz Alston. Um, I don't. I I just find. Tem- I know Temple. They just Memphis just beat Temple. You know, not handily, but you know, convincingly the you know, a week or two ago. I just don't. I I don't like the fact that Temple has these big guards. I that worries me a little bit. Um. I know UCF has the taco fall so factor. So UCF has that good UCF bigs. is just playing really well right now. Is that yes? A- I mean, if they, I mean, if they beat, if they beat Temple, like you know, they've, you know, yes, I would say right that would worry me. You know, they're playing. They do seem to be playing a little better than Temple. So maybe you're right. Maybe you'd rather play Temple. Um, I think it probably depends on. You're right. Who wins that Temple? Right. UCF <laughs> exactly. Game. You could make an argument either way, depending on you know how the end of the season works out um i also like i mean i know this this tulsa game you you want to win but you don't just want to win for seeding purposes you want to feel good going into this tournament well i mean honestly not just that like you want to make sure i mean honestly i think you want to make sure you get in the nit too like i'm not saying like right now like the they're not thinking about that though they're not but they but like somebody somewhere has to be i would think like like to me Making the NIT is still pretty darn good for this team. I know they're thinking about that run in the tournament, but like to me, if, as long as they win the Tulsa game, I think it doesn't matter what happens in the tournament. They're going to get into the NIT. What I worry about, and it's a it's a very 
far off possibility. But like, say you lose to Tulsa and then get upset by Tulane. No, does that 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 won't happen? More than likely. But I'm just saying, like, that is a scenario in play because they have to play those games. And you never know. It, this is March, you know? Like, um, so I would want, you know, like, there's plenty of motivation for the Tulsa game, even if Temple, say, beats UConn and, and it's kind of locked in that Memphis is the five seed. Like, I think you want to make, you know, you want to make sure you're getting in the NIT. You're, I mean, this program has not been a postseason play in four years. Like, it's a notable, like, I know... Some fans might be disappointed if it's just NIT. I, I don't know why you would be. Like, I think it's a notable achievement for Penny's first year that this team makes postseason play. I would hope they're not thinking about the NIT. I mean, because oh, I don't think the players are. Yeah, but I don't think the players are thinking about it. But I, you know, I somebody think- somewhere has brought it up that hey, we should probably, you know, you just want to make sure you win. You just want to make sure you at least. You know, like, it's going to be hard enough to win those three games in the tournament. I don't think people, like, people are all talking about this possibility of winning the AAC tournament. Like, it's going to be really hard to do it, even though it's possible. Even though you're at home. It's going to be difficult to do. Like, it's not just, like, snap of the finger and you can, you know, you're going to do it. Like, you're going to need Jeremiah to continue playing at this insanely high level. You're going to need other guys to contribute more. And you're going to need some breaks because that's just how it is in March and in postseason play for teams that are successful like this. But at the same time, you know, every year there's those teams that get on a roll, you know, and maybe Memphis is that team, you know, like we're even in this loss to Cincinnati, you still feel like they've got positive momentum. And that's why the Tulsa game is also important. <laughs> you can't blow that one. Yeah, you yeah. lose a lot of the momentum you've built over this past and three, four weeks. It's a game that would be really easy to overlook, too, and a team that beat you. They are capable of beating you because they already beat you earlier this season. So, Are they yeah, going to be mean, playing not, for seeding I'm in not this? overlooking that. I'm not sure. That's a good question, Mark. Um, if they lose, if they lose to... Tulsa doesn't drop them. No, because US, I believe because USF lost the other day. Um, I think they are, but yeah, like so. The worst they could do Wichita, is tie Wichita. Yeah, yeah, the worst they could do is tie Wichita State, and they win the tiebreaker yeah. over Wichita. So they're 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 not going to finish lower than fifth. fifth they yeah. could finish fourth, um, and more than likely they're going to be the fifth seed. Right, and it's gonna, honestly. For our purposes, fifth seed is golden. I know, like the fans want the four seed, but the fifth seed plays afternoon games the entire tournament. We the the games will actually get in the print edition, like, and that is a, I mean, that is a March miracle for us. <laughs> all right, if that happens, hallelujah. Um, <laughs> so, um, I am rooting for Memphis to beat Tulsa, but still be the five seed. That's that's what I'm rooting for. Um, <laughs> this week. Um, so we shall see. It's also going to be, I, you know, it's funny, like the season is coming to a close and now recruiting is starting to come into more focus. I know it's it's weird to like be thinking about that, but this late signing period, this, this spring period is going to be really important for Memphis for next year when we have all these expectations with James Wiseman coming and and DJ Jeffries and um, Drew, what like, give people a sense of what's happening right now 
recruiting-wise, particularly with the 2019 recruits that Memphis is still recruiting that they could get here over the next month or two, or even week or two. Yeah, so Damian Baugh expected to make his decision by Saturday. I have heard you know some rumblings that it could come midweek as early as Wednesday. And that's Texas. I know his finalists yes. are Texas Tech, TCU, and Memphis. Yes. I've heard it's really Texas Tech or Memphis. Yes, and, I, and it seems to be pretty close at this point. Wouldn't you agree, Mark, between those two schools? Yeah, it's, I mean, it seems to be... From what I've heard, it's you know it's up no it's up in the air. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he picks, and it'll be interesting to see if because of that the decision you know gets dragged you know out a little bit further than uh, than anticipated. But on top of that, uh, Penny and assistants are expected to go watch uh, Lester Quinones um, later this week, which obviously they're making a big push for him. Um, and I wonder if da- getting Damian Ball affects that recruitment too. Right. Exactly. That'd be interesting. And then all of a sudden now, the Duke Blue Devils have jumped in on Trendon Watford. Well, do you think it's? I don't think it's a coincidence that Duke jumped. You know, so LSU and Memphis and Alabama were seen as the favorites, and really, like like we said with Damian with Trendon, it was really LSU or Memphis. I don't think it's a coincidence that Duke basically started getting serious with Trendon the moment uh, it comes out that Will Wade is going to get subpoenaed as part of this FBI investigation uh, with what's going on at LSU. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. Well, that and, you know, they're going to lose a lot of guys, a lot of guys around the same size and skill set as Trendon Watford. So, you know, he might he might be a, a good fit there. So, I, you know, you can never count them out ever and if he does end up taking an official visit which right now it sounds like that's in the works and that would stink because getting that last you know especially if you get coach k involved and you get the last visit that would be a shame and it would really be that would hurt because memphis has invested so much not only since penny got here but think about like for essentially a dozen like that the reason this recruitment is so important to me in my mind, not to me, but like in my mind for the program is like, you think about it, like Mike Miller and his family have invested so much time, energy, and money into that family, legally, the money. Like when he was running Hoop City, like Christian Watford, Trendon's older brother, played for him, and Trendon has played for him. And like, think you think about all the trips and stuff that he's funded in that relationship that goes back like a dozen years it would be a gut punch to me if he like it'd be one thing to me if he commits like LSU and Alabama who've also been recruiting him for a long time to watch Duke just waltz in here at the last minute and get him i think would be a real gut punch it would but at the same time like you you can't i i realize you know everything you just said but you can't count you can never count them out we saw what happened with Boogie Ellis oh i agree that, this year. yeah but like Boogie Ellis is different like that's a west coast right, kid who right. they got in on late like this you know, it it would hurt. I'm sorry, it would hurt if someone just came in. Duke just came in here last minute and got. I not. It I'm not saying like it makes, because I'm not saying it doesn't make sense that he picks Duke over Memphis. I'm just saying from Memphis's perspective, with the amount of resources they've devoted to him, it would be a gut punch. It would really be wow. like the first big recruiting loss of Penny's tenure. Um, 
But the heels, I mean, to be fair to Penny, he's got, you know, I mean, they're still going after Precious Achua, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're hoping to get him in. Did Are they still trying to get him in on a visit? Yes, I, I mean, I, I He played so. with Lester Canonas yes. um, a year ago, I believe. Right, uh, up in New Jersey, yeah. Um, and then you've got the possible reclass guys. Um, yeah, I've heard there's rumblings that Jalen Green, who played with Adidas um, last summer, an Adidas team, is going to possibly switch over to Nike. R.J. Hampton. and Yeah, R.J. Hampton, an Under Armour kid. But no, but the, I think it's notable that Jalen's going over to Nike because obviously Penny has... Right. Nike connections um, that 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 doesn't I'm not sure it helps Memphis, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, so that that'll all be interesting because I mean, I still like I said, there's I've said this several times. There's a lot of expectations for this team next year, and I still think they need to add at least yeah. one, if not two, three pieces and, um, and to it, make it a, like they're going to be better next year with what they've got coming in talent wise. But to really like have a great team they need some more pieces right and not to pile on on the trend in Watford stuff but that would also just you know from an emotional standpoint take I think it would take a lot out of this Memphis fan base that's been thinking about you know you know the that their chances are so good to get this kid and you're almost banking on it for you know the last month and now if that were to change, you know, I agree. It'd be a real gut punch. Well, you talked to Wiseman what last night? He said he's he's gonna he's, yes. He's trying to put his cape on and rescue, save this thing, right? Yeah. So I talked. I actually I asked him about Duke too, and he just sort of shook it off. He was like, "Man, don't worry. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hardest um, to get him here." And so I asked him like I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, "Yeah, probably the McDonald's All American game, right? Is the next opportunity." He was like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be with him every day. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna let him leave my sight. Like basically, he's gonna be right next to me. He's gonna be forced to hang out with me the whole time. And then he ended it with by saying, "Hopefully, we can be roommates." So excellent, excellent. James Wiseman, fourth assistant. <laughs> Beautiful. Also, just to go back, since we asked this question, we never answered it. Um, I don't believe Tulsa can move up or down in their AAC standings. Why? Because they're eight and nine. Right. South Florida's seven and nine, and Wichita's eight and eight. They, right? They really can't. They lost to Wichita both games, so they can't jump Wichita. Um, and they beat South Florida in the one game that they played them. So tiebreakers over both of those two teams. So there you have it, people. All right. Well, it'll be. Uh, it should be fun. It'll be a senior day. It'll be. A, Five seniors, right? Is that right? Five seniors, yep. Four ju- the four junior college guys who came in last year with Tubby and Jeremiah. Um, it'll be a nice, another nice coronation for Jeremiah. I would say, though, I know like fans have, I don't, I don't know if not embraced is the right phrase, but they certainly have not viewed these four guys who came in last year, Kareem Bruton, Rainier Thornton, Keevan Davenport and Mike Parks the same way they would a typical Memphis recruit because of the circumstances, because they were, you know, people were not happy that Tubby went, you know, lost all those guys from that team two years ago and replenished the roster with junior college guys. But ultimately these, these, these junior college guys are guys, you know, it's not their fault. They were miscast. Some of them are pretty good. Like I think Kareem Bruton, Rainier Thornton, Keevan Davenport, they, if they were on next year's team, they wouldn't be starters like they are now, but they'd be key pieces. They'd, they'd be, you know, 
they they are solid Division One college basketball players, and it is not their fault that they've been miscast at times here at Memphis. And I think they've they they've really ultimately they've they've done an admirable job bridging the gap for this program. They're going to probably end up winning more than twenty games or twenty game at least twenty games both seasons they were here. So we should certainly celebrate Jeremiah because he's done so much for this program and his willingness to stay can through, go down as a legend through two coaching staff through two coaching changes is will will go down as in Memphis lore I think right. even if he doesn't make it to the NCAA tournament he will be remembered he's going to crack the record books in uh in a lot of different ways and while I don't think you know these four junior college the, I I hate even calling them junior college guys they're Memphis guys at this point they've played just as many games for Memphis almost as they have in the junior college ranks but you know they're not going to go down in the record books but they deserve recognition on senior night because they have contributed quite a bit the last 2 years and like i said they they, they were never fully they've never fully been embraced by this fan base and that's fine but for one night i think it's t- it's 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 long since time the entire fan base kind of wraps their arms around all these guys and thanks thanks them for what they've contributed to the program because it's not insignificant. They really have helped. Think about this team without those four guys, without Rainier Thornton, without Kareem Bruton, without Keevan Davenport. Uh, you know, they've contributed, you know, their fair share, even if it's not quite what we want all the time. Like I said, it's... It, this isn't just a senior night for Jeremiah. I hope everyone remembers that these four guys deserve our respect and recognition as well. Very well said, Mark. And with that said, score predictions for Jeremiah and his last regular season home game with the Tigers. I will go 32. 27. For Jeremiah Martin? Because I think Keevan's going to have a better Against Tulsa, I can see that. What is, do we know? What he did uh, against Tulsa the first time? Can I it get was a baseline? Before his hot streak, yeah. But maybe this is cheating to get a point of reference. But um, I'm not above that. Let's see here. Uh, who's going to get it first on their computer? Yeah, dead air is uh, fourteen. 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 Yeah. The argument is either they have their. They have his. They have you know. They they have the scouting report down him, or it's just this is what I side for. He's due. You know he he's he's blown up against just about every other team in this league over. They're going to run that same matchup he's, zone they did the first time. I'm, I'm well, Cincinnati. To be fair, Cincinnati runs a better matchup zone, and Jeremiah did pretty darn yeah. well against him you know, this past game. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with 41 just because oh, the, 41. Yeah, I'm tra- oh my. transposing the numbers and I don't know. I just I've got no other reasoning behind it, but that's that's I mean, you know, I just feel like you his don't last need reasoning is Jeremiah. Well, that would right. be that would be pretty fun if he put up that, another 40. That, would that be enough to lock up player of the year in the conference if he did it again? I I I have a feeling if he as long as he doesn't have a total dud, I think he's going to win player of the year. I just don't know what the coach is voting. The voting is before the conference tournament. Yes, it's a, it's a regular season. We'll find out. We'll find out all AAC and player of the year and freshman of the year and coach of the year 
we'll find that out. Um, I think it's like the Wednesday before the Wednesday or Thursday of the tournament week. I personally think he should win player of the year, but just because the coaches vote on it and it's not the media, I have that doubt because I think they'll want to just go with like if Cincinnati wins the league. Yeah. Best player on the best team argument. Yeah. I mean, cause you've gotten that the last three years pretty much. So it's just, they just give it to the best player on the best. Yeah. Team. But those guys, yeah, I don't know. Like last year. Yeah. Like last year, Gary, Gary Clark won it. Even though like I thought Rob Gray was the best player in the league. Um, no, but you look at it like it's pretty clear to me. It'll be interesting to see who the, who the all AAC team. Like I think Jeremiah is a lock for first oh, yeah. team. Yeah. Um, Jaron Cumberland lock for first team. Shiz Austin's Shiz Austin probably on it. I think Marcus McDuffie will make it from Wichita State. And then the question is out of, I think, well, the question, you know what? I wouldn't say um, McDuffie's a lock because then you've you've basically got B.J. Taylor from UCF. You've got season player of the year. You've got Corey Davis from Houston. You're probably going to want a Houston guy on there. And then you've got, you've got, um, yeah, and then and then Marcus McDuffie, and then I guess Jamal McMurray from SMU is averaging a lot of points, but I, they haven't played well enough to me to merit someone being on first team. And then, you know, rookie of the year I think is going to be the kid from ECU, Jaden Gardner. Who would you vote for coach of the year in the AAC? I think, I think it's going to be a Kelvin. couple options. Yeah, I, I, I well, mean, it it's him they or Brian Gregory in my mind. Well, Brian Gregory. So, but Brian Gregory. So, there's a chance they don't even finish 500 in league play. I know, but they were supposed to be so bad. Like in the middle of the season, we we talked about, you know, what about Penny? Him as a possibility. I don't think Penny's going to get it. No, no. Uh, I mean, next year he's going to have a really good chance to be coach of the year. Um, Well, we'll see. He's going to have much higher. You know, usually these coach of the year things go to coaches who don't have high expectations and outperform them. Right, but I think this Memphis, is going to be the first time he's had high expectations, and you know, in his first, the first time he does, his team does really well, I feel like they'd be inclined to vote for him. But this year, I mean, Houston's been too good. Like, I'd but if they collapse here down the stretch and don't win the league, it's going to change things. I think. Um, I think I think it changes, you know, if you end. Slow. That's going to be a really fun game on the last day of the regular season between Houston and Cincinnati. I'll be at the Memphis nine hundred one FC game and then the Tulsa game. I don't care about that. Game. I, I I do sort of, but not really. You know, what else is going to be good games those days. UNC Duke and Michigan Michigan State. Those are going to be good games too. So it's a big Saturday for college hoops next Saturday. It's March. Also, it's a Sunday that Cincinnati and Houston play. Oh, so perfect! I will watch it then. <laughs> I will watch it then. That's perfect. Typical Mark. He's always hating on everything. Well, I'm not going to be watching Duke, Carolina, or or Michigan, Michigan State because those are during the Memphis 901 FC game and then the Memphis Tulsa. Like, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Like, I'm curious how many people will go to that soccer game and then walk over to the Memphis Tulsa game because. The 901 FC game is at 6 o'clock. It'll be over by 7 8 o'clock. Memphis Tulsa tips at 8 30 at hey. FedEx Forum. You can make a, night, a double header downtown. I think it's pretty cool. Could be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we will uh, be back next week. We'll have a full preview. We'll know exactly Memphis's path to the AAC tournament when we talk to you next week. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be one heck of a week next week. Um, I can't wait to get to it, but first Tulsa's on tap. Um, so, uh, we'll join you next week. Same studio. I don't know about same time. We'll see about that. But, um, till then I was Mark. I was joined by Drew and Jason. Uh, this should be fun. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.